You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area Sports Station, 95.7. The game. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Matt Steinmetz along with you on a Saturday night. Tough Saturday night for the Warriors in Denver. They lose to the Nuggets, 115-108. And that drops their record to 41-12. and and the Warriors end their mini three-game road trip with a 1-2 and two record. And they split the season series with the Denver Nuggets, a team that quietly has given the Warriors a good challenge during Steve Kerr's tenure. They've beaten the Warriors at least once a year since Steve Kerr took over the head coaching job of the Warriors. And they've beaten them twice this year. thought it was a real good ball game tonight. Uh, between two pretty darn good teams. One team that's clearly established and another team that's got some room for growth and is already, I think, pretty good. The Denver Nuggets have a very interesting team as far as I'm concerned. They got three really solid guard type swingman type players with Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, and Will Barton. They got a skilled big in Nikola Jokic. And don't forget... Don't forget, this team's also got Paul Millsap. And when Denver traded, or when Denver acquired, I should say, Paul Millsap in the offseason, I didn't really think much of it. Denver was was uh, in the middle of the pack in the West. I wasn't really sure that that Millsap was, was quite worth all the money they were paying him, but... What I neglected to take into consideration was that they have young talent that's growing. And if Paul Millsap can be a certain kind of player for this Nuggets team, I think they're going to be able to raise their level of play another level. I look at Paul Millsap as as having the ability to do for the Denver Nuggets what Al Horford does for the Boston Celtics. Veteran player. Scores some, rebounds some, defends some, passes some. Just kind of the quintessential glue guy. Uh, So the Denver Nuggets beat the Warriors tonight. 115-108. They outscore them in the fourth quarter, 38-25. Not that surprising considering the Warriors played in Sacramento last night. So let's take a look at this ballgame. The guards. For the Denver Nuggets. Will Barton with 25, Gary Harris with 16, and Jamal Murray with 15. And if you don't think this is turning into a guards league or a perimeter league, I don't know what you're watching. Because the reason the Denver Nuggets are all of a sudden a team, maybe not all of a sudden, but the reason the Denver Nuggets are a team that can beat you any given night is because they got players that can shoot the three. And they've got some athletes, and they spread the floor. They're a poor man's version a little bit of the Warriors, I think. And they've been giving them trouble lately. For the Warriors, kind of a funky game, I thought. Kevin Durant doesn't take a field goal attempt in the first quarter. 
But he ends up with 31 points on 12 of 16 from the floor. That makes him 24 for 33 over the last two games. He was 12 for 17 last night. And Durant played 42 minutes. And I thought tonight's game was going to be a problem when I looked at the minutes totals from last night's game against the Sacramento Kings. Durant played 37 minutes last night. Draymond Green played 34, Clay played 35, and Curry played 36. Is it any surprise they got outscored in the fourth quarter tonight? So the Golden State Warriors now come back home for what will be another fun ball game, you would hope, or you would think, against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday at Oracle Arena. A lot to get into. I want to get into a bunch of stuff uh, when we come back. And, of course, the number, 888-957-9570, if you want to jump in and give me your thoughts on this game. A lot to talk about. I'm really looking forward to getting into it, too. PenskeAutoSales.com, text line 95795. But I want to get into... A couple things I've I've been asked, like why why doesn't he bring Steph Curry back a little earlier in the fourth quarter than he does? Um, what's going on with Andre Iguodala? How about Kevin Lo- Kevon Looney getting hit right in the mouth? That was pretty gnarly. But the Golden State Warriors now come home after their three game road trip, and we will be right back. You are listening to Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Listening to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Denver 115, Golden State 108 tonight at the Pepsi Center in Denver. The Warriors dropped their second in three games on their road trip. And uh, that doesn't mean there weren't a couple highlights in this one. So let's go to it. Let's go to the play of the game. And it's brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Curry off a screen by Draymond. Curry bounce pass. Draymond to the right on the right hand slam. Draymond Green with an emphatic dunk. It was 104-104. Draymond Green with a big hammer. That was in the fourth quarter. Draymond so-so tonight, I thought. Eight points, eight assists, six rebounds, three turnovers. The Warriors, they were... They weren't bad tonight. They weren't great. I thought they were pretty good, but not good enough. I think it was a game to me that, you know, they played well enough to win on a lot of nights. Durant, 12 for 16. He has 31. Clay was 7 for 15. That's fine. He has 16 points. I guess he had 12 in the first quarter, though, so he vanished a little bit. And even Curry with 24 points tonight on 8 for 16. I mean, it's not like any of those three players were bad tonight. In fact, they were all average or above. The bench wasn't very effective. Iguodala, subpar. Nick Young, subpar. Sean Livingston was all right tonight. Although, gosh, he was a minus 15. Team high minus 15. For Sean Livingston. All right, let's uh, let's hear from the fans. Presented by Nations Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nations. Let's go to Gary. Gary's in San Ramon. What's up, Gary? 
Hey, Matt, just a couple of things. Uh, obviously, uh, the guys talked about it on the post game, but uh, not playing Andre Iguodala down a stretch. Uh, is this, uh, and, and, you know, Kurt was uh, addressing it at post game. He said, well, we're kind of experimenting. Uh, kind of know what your thoughts were on that. I think that's a great question. I I, I think that uh, I think that you've asked a very good question about Iguodala. The bottom line, I think, is this: is you you have to give Iguodala the benefit of the doubt because of what he's done in the second half of his previous seasons with the Warriors. But I do think if it's paramount to keep Iguodala healthy and engaged, maybe this is the time of year that you really pull back on the reins a little bit. The reality is Iguodala is a player that probably knows his body better than anybody, and I, I wouldn't put it past him to to feel like he's got to lay low for January, February, March, and then build it up. Um, but I don't think he's playing well at all, and I don't think anybody out there would disagree with me. He did make a three-pointer tonight. He had come in three of his last 25, and he went one for two from three-point range today. So, yeah, Iguodala, I don't know. It might be a case of Steve Kerr saying, you know what, he's not playing that well, and I'm not going to push him right now. So that's that's... Just kind of what I'm thinking right now, but Gary, you're not the only one. This is from the 925. Uh, we know two things. Iguodala is a shell of himself on offense. And number two, Draymond has bad body language for a month now. He's just slumping his shoulders when he's he slumps his shoulders when he's not throwing the ball away on outlet passes. <clears throat> hey, Steve Kerr's made no bones about it. He thinks the team's in a rut. He thinks the team is uh looking at that all-star break with longing eyes, if you will. And the thing about the Warriors, you allow them this stretch till the all-star break. If they're going to limp to the all-star break, I think think you let them and you don't worry about it. And then if they come back after the all-star break and they haven't really uh, ignited, then it's time to worry. I'm not, not ready to worry just yet about the Warriors, although I do think there are some... Talking points. I think Iguodala is certainly a talking point. He's just not looking very good right now. His offense is non-existent. And it looks like the season is kind of getting to him a little bit. Now keep in mind, we know, as I said, Iguodala knows when the lights come on. And he's earned the right to be given a break in that manner. But right now, he's not helping the Warriors. He's really not helping the Warriors. Uh, Nick Young couldn't follow up a nice game last night in Sacramento with another good one tonight. They could have used him tonight. The Warriors needed somebody else to step up other than Curry, other than Draymond, uh, other than uh, Clay, and other than Curry. And nobody really did it. Pachulia had 10 and 8, but it's not like he's a he's the scorer. Uh, that you're really looking for. The, the one thing I want to talk about right now, because I saw this a lot on Twitter, and I also saw it on the text line, and here it is from the from the 925, although 
The 925 isn't the only one who's talking about this. It's time for Kerr to stop this BS of sitting Curry in the fourth quarter for six minutes. Either sit, sit him in the third so he can play more in the fourth, or the other thing I hear is, can we please get Steph Curry in a little earlier in the fourth quarter? And so I guess my question to you all out there would be, is Steve Kerr stubborn? Does Steve Kerr just not want to put Curry in before the six-minute mark? Or does Steve Kerr have an understanding of the big picture? Does Steve Kerr think to himself, I'm going to play Steph Curry six minutes in the fourth quarter, and because it's all about winning a title, it's less important if we lose that game than if I bring Steph Curry back with nine minutes and we win it. Again, this is a team that's won two titles in three years. I, I think you got to give them the benefit of the break, uh, benefit of the doubt at, at virtually every turn. Let's go to Greg in South Lake Tahoe. What's up, Greg? How you doing, man? What's up, Tony? Thanks for the call. You know, I hate to say I bet against our boys tonight, but that's because, I, you know, we spent too much energy on sack last night. Yeah. You come in on a back-to-back, you travel. Um, I mean, I traveled just a couple hours to Tahoe, and I'm, I'm tired, so I can't <laughs> imagine playing in Sacramento and then going into the mile high in, in that altitude. So I won a buck fifty, but that's beside the point. I'd much rather rather uh, – I think it's good that we lose these games. I think it rubs the players the wrong way. I think um, we get a little complacent at times, and we have to understand that I actually do believe Kersey is the big picture. And I think I don't think he roots for us to lose, but I also think that when we have these moments, I think he uses them to kind of refocus us because you're right. The big three balled out tonight, but at, but at the end of the day, you're not going to win every game. And when you look back on it, I actually think it has more to do with the NBA scheduling on a night like tonight. Same thing in the NFL when you're flying East Coast to West Coast in the early game time. All those kinds of things, at the end of the day, we're all human. But I think in the end, we're going big picture, San Antonio. Greg Popovich does the same thing, rest in players. I'm perfectly fine with the minutes. Thank you for taking my call, man. I love the show. All right, thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. Have fun up in Tahoe. I hear the skiing's not great right now in Tahoe. You guys know anything about that? Yeah, I don't ski anymore either. Probably haven't skied in about 20 years. From the nine two, uh, from the 510, that was likely the dumbest Iguodala answer in the history of radio. Thank you very much from the 510. Uh, 925, I think we can all agree no one should be questioning Steve Kerr's coaching ability. I would agree with that. Although, let's go to Renee in San Francisco. Renee has a has a little disagreement. What's up, Renee? Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, you know, uh, Steve Kerr inherited a very, very good team. In the last three years, and I can't give you a laundry list. It's, it's not, it's, there's just not enough time. There's been a lot of questionable coaching moves where I do agree about the, uh, the, the, the Curry thing. He keeps him, he should, he should keep him in there longer, especially in the fourth quarter. Don't let him sit too much. Uh, one thing I, I remembered about tonight is that McGee was there for a few minutes and he had some good shot blocking sequences when he was there. Could have used him, you know, uh, later in the game a lot more. Um, that was what I would have done if I was a coach, but I don't know why he didn't use that. Well, I mean, McGee picked up five fouls in six minutes, so he was in foul trouble. Uh, yeah, he could have brought him back in late, but I think that's when he likes to go 
with a little bit of a uh, a smaller lineup. Uh, you know, I, I think there's an argument to be made that uh, he should play McGee a little bit more. I disagree that he should be playing him in the fourth quarter, but okay. I, c- I could see playing playing McGee a little bit more if if you're looking for energy or something like that. Uh, Patrick McCaw didn't play tonight, but for 24 seconds. You know, Nick Young didn't give the Warriors much tonight. Sean Livingston was okay. Kevon Looney, I thought, was pretty darn good until he got his his tooth or teeth knocked out in the uh, was that third quarter earlier in the game. He ended up returning, thank goodness, but uh, he took quite a shot. Uh, he took quite a shot on his mouth. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from some Warrior players, maybe a little more Steve Kerr. We're going to get back into your calls. The Warriors lose tonight to the Denver Nuggets 115-108. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Denver can retake the lead here. Down to Jokic. Jokic backs it on Looney. Two dribbles, double team, finds Barton. He's wide open. It's a three, and it's good. Timeout Warriors, 102 11-2 Denver run. Murray takes Curry and bounce pass. Goes to Harris. Blocked by Durant. Out to Jokic for three. It's good. What a break for Denver there. The ball off the rim as Durant went to challenge it. And it's 107-104. I don't think it was kind of talked about or perceived like while we were out there on the floor, but I think if you look, I saw a couple clips on the tape. It's just with step slow and getting to a couple loose balls, um, communicating on switches and stuff like that. So they made enough plays to to win down the stretch, and and we didn't. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Let me get into one thing before I get back to the phone lines here, and it has to do with something that we've heard, what, a dozen times in the last 24 hours, that playing at Denver's the hardest back-to-back in the league. How many times do we have to hear that? Can I say something about being the toughest back-to-back in the league? You know who's got to play the toughest back-to-back in the league more than anybody? The Denver Nuggets! The Denver Nuggets have to play the hardest back-to-back in the league more than anybody else. There's plenty of times where the Nuggets are playing a game and then they got to play back-to-back and go back home to play it. It's just, I mean, gosh, it's like from the buzzer last night, people started chirping about that. And I thought the Warriors came out and played pretty darn hard tonight. Let's go to Shock Top in Daly City. What's up, Shock Top? What's up, man? Haven't heard you in a while. Uh, uh, I didn't watch the game last night. I wonder how it went, but uh, smoking. But uh, let me t- let me say one thing because you said everybody was getting on Kerr. I mean, man, I I don't like Kerr for other reasons, but you, he got the results right. Like these past two years, he knows you know, when he should sit these guys and how to work with them, right? So, like, the, the bench to me, to me, every once in a while I watch them now, it's like, man, it, remember it used to be like, the Warriors got a bench. Now it's not like that. But one thing I did see, and I was paying attention at, at this point, uh, specifically with Damian Jones, 
And, like, that's the type of stuff that Steve Kerr kind of looks at because he knows he's going to he's gonna probably need that later on. And, and so I don't want to really be tripping that Curry's not coming in for the, you know, like the beginning of the fourth. He's got other things to worry and look at. I don't know. That's just – and I trust that part of him. Right, right. Thanks a lot for the – yeah, thanks a lot for the call, Shock Top. A little worried about Shock Top. A little bit worried about Shock Top. Yeah, Damian uh, Damian Jones got a little playing time tonight. Four minutes in the start of the fourth quarter. You know, a block shot, three fouls, a turnover. You know, played. Uh, somebody on the text line said it, uh, 480, uh, you can see David West value. Yeah, you sure could tonight. You absolutely could tonight. They could have used one more... One more big body. Let's go to MD in San Francisco. What's up, MD? Hey, how's it going? Going well. Um, I got one complaint about Kerr. I barely have anything wrong with him. Uh, my one thing is that if uh, his rotation is thrown off, then he gets kind of fr- uh, flustered and he doesn't know what to do. Like if somebody's injured right. or, or somebody has five fouls, then he gets thrown off his game when he has to change his normal rotation. That's the one thing I noticed about him. You know what, MD? You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. And the only thing I might quibble with a little bit is your word choice about gets flustered. But I do think something's there. Uh, he He's far more comfortable when he's got his whole team there. And he can use his substitution patterns like the ones he depends on. I think you're right about all that stuff. But I also think part of it might also be the players. You know, the players don't handle a change in their routine very well in terms of maybe getting more minutes one night, fewer minutes the next. Look, if you look at the bench, I I think we've got to acknowledge that to a man, everybody's been pretty inconsistent. I mean, Iguodala's been inconsistent to substandard. Uh, JaVale McGee's been in and out of the rotation. Nick Young has been a disappointment. Patrick McCaw has taken a step back. Sean Livingston, not quite as good as last year. Now, he's getting older, so it may not have anything to do with that. And I'm, Omri Caspi's completely fallen off the map. So there, there is something to when the Warriors have their rotation set and Steve Kerr can go and adhere exactly to the plan. The Warriors are better off. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Let's go to Daryl in East Oakland. What's up, Daryl? Hey, what's going on, baby? How you feeling? I'm feeling dynamite, man. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, I just got to, like I'm listening to people like chime in about current stuff like that, and then I listen to what you just said maybe ten seconds ago, and it's literally like starting five is the starting five. Those guys are gonna be legit again and every night. The bench is where it's at, and it gets a little tedious with the bench because. A lot of new guys, right, of course. I mean, people just kind of need to let that go. He's going to make some weird choices to you because you're not in the locker room. Let it go. Um, and that's for, like, just kind of a trend that I see. Every time we lose a game or every time something gets a little weird, it seems like somebody wants to put it on Draymond Green. I, I keep hearing his body language. Is that Draymond Green has been the same player since he came in the league playing well or playing bad. Sometimes he does throw a couple of fits or whatnot, but for the most part, he's the same guy playing the same intensity night in and night out, just like Curry, Clay, and, and, and KD. 
let's stop putting the blame in wrong places and just blame everybody for a bad team effort. We'll be losing. Thanks a lot for the call, Daryl. I, I agree. I I don't put any more on Draymond for this loss than than anybody else. I'll tell you what, though. I, th- there was a sequence. <clears throat> it was in the second half at some point, and I can't remember if Arthur was in the game for Denver. I know Jokic was. They might have had another big player in there. And it, I think if you watch the game, you know, it was a sequence in which the— Denver got a couple possessions, and I just, I just looked in there, and Draymond Green. I'm watching him just battle against Jokic, who's three, four inches bigger, and probably has him by twenty or thirty pounds. And trust me, this is a compliment uh, to Draymond. But man, I was just looking, saying, "God, this guy, this guy's undersized, night in and night out." And so I'm, I'm going to back up Daryl on this one. I mean. Boy, do the Warriors ask Draymond Green to do a lot. I mean, he's an undersized four, and they ask him to play center a lot of times. And the the, the best defensive player at 6'7", or whatever Draymond Green is, sometimes they're just going to get scored on by a guy who's seven feet. Uh, or sometimes they're going to get scored on when they have to match up against a a, a, a real good guard like the Denver Nuggets have. So, yeah, I'm with you on Draymond, but it just that that play tonight, it was actually more like a sequence. It just kind of hit me. Man, he's in there battling, and sometimes it feels like he's the only one in there battling. You know what I mean? So uh, let's go to D in San Francisco. What's up, D? How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, brother? Doing well. Right on, right on. So uh, I just wanted to say, um, I just feel like is it me or do the referees keep the keep the opposing team in the game? I guess the Warriors. It seems like this keeps going on night after night. I mean, it's kind of getting ridiculous. I mean, only probably about I want to say six six blown calls in that second half. I mean, Curry missed the the, the free throw. Durant missed the free throw. We're not going to win games if they missed the free throws under three minutes left. You know, but I mean, can we can we get a little love? I mean, the referee, man. I mean, I, there was just I, I. I mean, can you agree with me? There was numerous calls tonight that just did not go our way. I mean. uh You know, I got to I got to cut you off, D. Not because you're talking about the refs, even though I don't like that. But that's not why. We, we you were uh, muffled. It was muffled. It was a muffled, muffled call. Muffled call. No, uh, honestly, though, I will give you a serious answer. I, I didn't think the refs were, were bad tonight. I think they missed the call. I, I think they missed the call on Nick Young on the three-pointer. Um, I, I wish that was a call that wouldn't even thought about getting called, but Steve Kerr's right. If you're going to call that ticky-tack stuff on three-point shooters, and it worked both ways tonight— Livingston got called for a ticky-tack foul on on somebody's three. Uh, Denver, Wilson Chandler fouled Kevin Durant on a ticky-tack three. And there was one other one. I do agree with Steve Kerr. If that's a foul, then Nick Young's got to go to the line of that last play. More than the last play. It was with uh, 28 seconds left. Uh, Warriors were down four at that point. So let's say Young gets the call. 
but it might not change the outcome of the game. Uh, but yeah, that that was the only call that I thought maybe uh, <laughs> the Warriors had a gripe on. I mean, there may have been others, but I, nothing that really jumped out at me tonight. I'm looking at the free throw discrepancy. Uh, 29 free throws for the Nuggets, 23 for the Warriors. It's not that big of a differential. Uh, the refs, I, I didn't, you know, they may have missed the Nick Young call. Other than that, I really didn't think the Warriors got hosed in a, in a, in a big way. Let's say that. I don't think they got hosed tonight. All right, we come back. We're going to wrap it up. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Tonight, you got to give them credit. They came out with a lot of energy, hit some shots tonight. And uh, we fought all night. We fought all night. We made plays, but down the stretch, we couldn't get it done. Had some 50-50 balls go, you know, the other way, uh, extra possessions. And I think offensively, you know, KD hit some some tough shots. But for the most part, it was tough to get any kind of rhythm or flow. Uh, A couple of costly turnovers, but the game was kind of out of hand by that point. So just, uh, you know, one of those things, nothing went our way in the fourth quarter. uh, And we... Just didn't make those timely plays to keep that separation, knowing the, the back-to-back and that last you know 12 minutes is going to be tough to get through, um, and we didn't do enough to, to, to win. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. That was Steph Curry and Kevin Durant talking about tonight's ball game. The Warriors lose tonight to the Denver Nuggets, 115-108 at the Pepsi Center in Denver. The Warriors outscored 38-25 in the fourth quarter. And their record falls to 41 and 12. So the Warriors' next ball game is Tuesday at home versus Oklahoma City. That'll be a barrel of laughs, I think. I mean, it'll be a fun game. I was telling John Dickinson this morning on the NBA This Week show I mean, think about it, people. Think about this. Think about the players that are going to be on that basketball court on Tuesday night. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George. I mean, that is that's some high level basketball. I'll throw Steven Adams in there. I'll throw Steven Adams in there. And if if he were healthy, or well, he is healthy, but if you were playing better, I'd probably put Iguodala in there too. He's not playing very well right now. Uh, five games to go till the All Star break. The Warriors play home games. Versus Oklahoma City, Dallas, Phoenix, and the uh, let me let me start that over. Four straight home games: Oklahoma City, Dallas, the Spurs, and Phoenix. Then they play at Portland before the All Star break. All right, let's hear a little bit from Warriors coach Steve Kerr, and this is the coach's interview presented by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, where savings is simple. 
You know, we did it uh, last night and um, just felt like we wanted to see what it looked like with another shooter on the floor in that spot and uh, just experimenting a little bit. Were you searching a little bit just because you know, Andre's in the 20 perceptions and he's McCollins obviously had a bad year from three. Are you kind of searching at times for that fifth guy in that closing line? Uh, as far as I know, we, you know, we, you, you know, we usually go with Andre in that spot and we probably will, you know, in coming games, but just felt like a night to, you know, try something different. Let's see, we got some rival late, late in the fourth. What, what happened? Uh, Jokic three was the big, the big play. We made, we had a great defensive possession, and um, but we let uh, Gary Harris go back door, easy dunk. Uh, well, it wasn't an easy dunk because uh, and KD helped and recovered. Maybe it was Draymond, um, but you know we let a guy go right back door at the end of a shot clock. And this is the problem. You know, we're um, I talk all the time about. You know, making sure we're not, um, you know, building bad habits, and uh, we're starting to letting guys. We're not boxing out, letting guys go back door, and uh, so that's got to be our focus to get back on track. Um, you can't win at the highest level when you know game on the line. We're just, you know, not not locking in. Where do you think they go from here with building those habits? Huh? Where do you think they go from here with those, those specifically with the boxing out and rotations? Where do they go from here? Who? The guys, just in terms of building this habit. Uh, we box out. I mean, we'll go. We'll try, we'll do it in practice, and then we'll hopefully we'll do it in a game. That's How difficult is it to correct that? So you can quantify. Well, you, you point it out, and you practice it, and then you hope they do it. Was there some frustration on the late um, missing the three? But you still were in it, and, and then it, he got a tee. On what? There was two tees down the stretch. When you guys I was disappointed because uh, you know Nick got fouled. I mean, you know. Nick's got a wide open three. He's not going to shoot an air ball. And, and uh, we had already been called for two fouls on three-point shooters that, you know, were pretty questionable. So once that's been established that you're going to call that, um, that's got to continue. So I was disappointed we didn't get the foul. I know Nick was frustrated, KD, and um, that was uh, that was an interesting no-call because he got hit. How much did the weight of their having 91 shots from the field and 29 free throws affect you in the fourth quarter? Uh, well, I mean, we, we talk about the possession battle all the time. I know, I'm sure we lost the possession battle. I know we had like six fewer uh, field goal attempts. Right. Um, I don't know what the free throw totals were. They had more of those, too. So, yeah, you know. 29, 23. Yeah, yeah. So, they, you know, it sounds like they had eight, nine more uh, possessions on the road, on a back-to-back. So it's the same old stuff. You know, it's the same. Our guys know that. And, uh, you know, in their defense, tough back-to-back, um, fatigue. Um, really proud of their effort. I thought they, our guys played hard. You know, we really played hard um, and competed and, and um, gave ourselves a chance to win. But we let it slip away and, you know, give the Nuggets some credit. They played really well. So we got to, you know, bounce back. We got four home games in a row, chance to right the ship. You're coming out of tonight's game, the last night's game, even though obviously win. Oh, yeah, tonight was way better effort than last night. The, the spirit was right. The energy was right. The execution was not, but we can work on that. All right, thanks. That was Steve Kerr talking about this latest Warrior ball game, a 115-108 loss at Denver. A ball game in which they were outscored by 13 points in the fourth quarter. I'll finish up with this kind of thought. Playing off the Penske... Autosales.com text line from the 510. Cool your heels, Warrior fans, uh, the texter says. Um, we're just spoiled now because we're winning so many games. The gap is narrowing, but we still have the edge. 
You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I like that text, and the reason I like that text is because I always like to look back at my notes that I take over the course of a game, and midway through the third quarter, I wrote, you know, this is a championship team effort that the Warriors were making, that they knew they were having a challenge, having to play at Denver on a back-to-back. They played a lot of minutes last night, and they were up 12 points in the third quarter. And at that point, I was thinking, you know what, this is a hell of an effort by the Warriors. It really is, uh, because they were active, they were energetic. I thought they were playing well. And they slowed down a little bit in the fourth quarter. Denver made some big shots. Denver played well. Uh, But I thought the effort was there. I really do. And I thought, for the most part, for three quarters, pretty much, the Warriors played pretty darn good basketball. We got a note here. Jokic is one of only two players in the NBA averaging at least 16 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists per game. The other, Boogie Cousins. Although, Boogie's not averaging that right now, unfortunately for that, for for, uh, Pelicans. Uh, For the uh, 925, Denver always gives the Warriors the hardest time. Yeah, you know what? Denver's a tough place to play, and Denver is turning into a team that can challenge the Warriors. Now, when I mean challenge, I just mean give them a game. Give them a ball game. I got to tell you, I like Denver. I like Denver a lot. And I really like what Mike Malone's doing. You know, Mike Malone, considered a little bit rigid, a little bit old school, I'll tell you something, he's, he's... He's using some creativity with that team. He really is. And like I said, they get Paul Millsap back. Warriors might want them to climb up to about seven or six. I don't know that I want to open with Denver if I'm the Warriors. Not that they're going to get knocked out, but maybe Denver wins two games. Might be too, too many. All right, that's going to do it. Super Bowl tomorrow. When they say fly, Eagles fly, baby. Thanks for listening to Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.